and I certainly need this. It has been quite some time, Dan. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to tell the listeners what's been going on in your life uh, recently. Well, you, you, you and I have both had parental responsibilities. For you, it's something you've gotten used to. For me, meanwhile, it's brand new. Yep, yep, little baby Audrey. And I must say, Gav, um, a classic but nowadays original name. Um, like, I don't know any Audreys in my life. The only Audrey I'm aware of is um, Audrey off Coronation Street, and she's fictional, obviously, but I can't remember what her surname is, but she's, like, just called Audrey, you know? She's, like, pretty much the Madonna of the uh, soap opera world, so you only need her first name. But that's the only Audrey I know of. It's an original name, and, you know, congratulations, you know, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an absolute ride as you're uh, learning. Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole new person to travel with, keeping on our own uh, subject that we have here. Yeah, so as we record this now, she's four weeks in a day. Um, the only one I can think of offhand is Audrey Hepburn. But uh, yes, we were going for something that's um, not way too out there, but also not a name you... Uh, you go with every day so yeah we're we're enduring with uh the lack of sleep and all that diane my wife is doing well um i believe we had her down for a little bit but she might be hungry again so we'll have to to move through with this and you've had your own duties as uh you you had a little scare at your own daughter's daycare and now she's sticking at home with you these days yeah yeah luckily she got all the you near know, the all clear and we did too but my word you know she's going to be turning two in july so that's you know Two, just over two months from now her birthday is and uh, trying to write articles when there's a kid next to you like you know <laughs> thrusting a book at you or <laughs> pulling a lamp onto her face or tormenting a dog it's just so difficult but you know I'm sure people have had even more challenging experiences during this pandemic than that. Yes, exactly. So let's let's try to escape for a little while. I've already cracked mine. I have gone with Highlander. I, I presume it's not related to the movie and or TV show. Uh, brewed in the north, Scottish ale, smooth and mellow session ale. Um, let's see, how far north are we talking about? Uh, South River, Ontario. Now, I've got to check where that is really quickly. Okay. If I and while you're doing that, I'm going to crack mine. This is one I brewed earlier, Gav. Um, oh, you're going with your yeah, homebrew this again. Yeah, this, well, this one's a different one. I brewed this one uh, a while ago, but I've, I've kind of uh, not been drinking as much recently, so this one's lasted me a while, but it's a good one. It's a coffee porter. It's right up your street, Gav. Oh, very it's, good. Uh, it, it, it weighs it. in around 5.6%, um, and I've called it Porter's Head as a tribute to uh, the fantastic trip-hop band Porter's Head. So there we go. Okay. Well, there you go. I uh, you make every time I see a coffee beer, I always think of the Drew Carey show where they brewed a coffee beer out of his garage. They called it Buzz Beer, and everyone thought it was like the weirdest thing, but now it's like you see coffee porters everywhere. Anyway, South River is a village near Algonquin Park. Ooh, I was in Algonquin Park last fall. Um, looks very small. Looks like my kind of place. Uh, it's Sort of between Huntsville and North Bay. Okay, yeah, I know the area. I know the area. But anyway, we're going to a much bigger area than that today, though, aren't we? We are. We're heading down to... Uh, we'll just leave it to the immortal Pam Beasley from the much-beloved American office. I'll say that. What up, 212? 
Uh, although, I guess as an English person, Dan, you are only legally allowed to like the Ricky Gervais version, but you know what? I like them both, so comment. No, no, that's fair. I think there are a lot of, uh, you know, fish-shaking people back in the UK. I must admit, I've never seen the American office, um, but I have got a, cu- a couple of, uh, you know, f- couple of friends back home who actually say they prefer the American version of it. The, the, the UK one is very, very awkward and very, very British. So I, w- I wonder if that hasn't translated particularly well in North America. The, I'm not too sure. The, the, pi- the pilot is pretty much a you know not shot for shot remake but there there's so many similarities but yeah there's certainly not as many sort of cringeworthy david brent-esque moments but they are there but they're just far more silly and and believe it or not david brent does make a couple of cameos i believe in one of the final seasons and one of them is spectacular spectacular so amazing something to look for amazing well no i've i've just um given up on Parks and Rec because the fourth series got a little bit sappy for me. So I'm looking for a new comedy. So maybe I'll just watch The American Office. It's about time. <laughs> it's, it is one of one of my favorites. But anyway, uh, yes, from that brief clip of uh, Pam Beasley when she was about to uh, go to New York City for art school, New York City, or, well, one of them anyway, is Harrison, New Jersey. But, you know... It's quote-unquote New York, the home of uh, the Red Bulls of MLS, and I believe, oh wait, Sky Blue, or as they're called now, what is it, Gotham FC of the NWSL. They play some home games at uh, Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey. Should you start with your Red Bull story, or should I start with mine? I don't really care, Gav. I mean, I can if you want. I mean, have you been to Red Bull Arena before? I have. Uh, For me, it was both international games. Um, It was uh, a friendly when I was working for Canada Soccer in 2014 in October, where the the men's team played Colombia and lost 1-0. And uh, I'm going to tee up another clip here. Nakajima Farron tries to lay one forward for Ricketts. Ricketts down in the area. It's a penalty. Calling for a penalty and not getting the call. That's a penalty, in my opinion, there, Drake. Uh, That's a stone-cold penalty, isn't it? Thomas Rodriguez fouled from behind by DeGuzman. Free kick here. Taken quickly. Oh, my goodness. Took the free kick quickly, and Thomas Rodriguez has opened the scoring late in this game. And that was the immortal Jerry Dobson, the one-time voice of Canadian soccer back when Sportsnet carried games. Canada played Columbia. You might have heard the clips. Canada should have gotten a penalty in the first half to St. Ricketts, taken down in the penalty area. Uh, Later on, James Rodriguez uh, scored on a quickly taken free kick with about 15 minutes left, and Colombia just, you know, this was this was Colombia, good Colombia, um, narrowly beating Canada 1-0, and I'll sort of never forget after the game, Colombia scored on a quickly taken free kick, and, and talking to a bunch of the players afterwards, uh, you know, they all, this wasn't the first time they said it, but they all went... You know, Benito Floro warned us about the quickly taken free kicks. He said, this is how Colombia does it. And sure enough, that's how they got their goal. And so it's one of those cool moments where you sort of see how guys see the game. And there were a few times where, where the players would be like, yeah, Benito, uh, Benito mentioned that. And anyway, but uh, so that was the first time. The second time was uh, the Gold Cup 
in 2017 where Canada played uh, Martinique, or sorry, French Guiana, and they won 4-2. Alfonso Davies uh, scored a pair of goals, and, you know, choo-choo, that's when the hype train started to pull out of the station. It was also that infamous Gold Cup where Florent Maluda played for French Guiana. And then he sort of did in the second (laughs) game, and uh, they were essentially booted out of the tournament. Because he... He had loads of French caps, didn't he? He had loads before that, yeah. Yes, but but he hadn't played in like five years for France, and I thought the rule had been established where if you don't play for five years, you can be eligible for the territories. So two kind of different experiences. The Columbia game, it was a packed house, largely of Colombian fans. Uh, the second one was more empty. Uh, you know, I think there was another game afterwards that might have been more of an appeal. Uh, yeah, it was Honduras and Costa Rica, so not a lot of people were there really to see French Guiana and Canada. But um, anyway, what was your what was your uh, Red Bull Arena experience? Well, mine was in uh, 2013, um, and we are just there with a few friends, me and the missus, um, but Obviously, I dragged her off to a football match, as I often do on our travels. Um, so we went to New York Red Bulls versus Montreal Impact. And um, you know, Red Bulls had uh, Thierry Henry, Tim Cahill. It was a good game. It was back and forth. It was classic MLS fair, really. And uh, you know, we were right behind the goal when Thierry Henry scored an overhead kick in the 88th minute to make it a 2-0. It was brilliant. And... Uh, I was actually listening back to the commentary and the commentator was like over egging it saying it's the best goal he's seen in five years. I mean, steady on. I'm thinking three years, four years, five years. That's the greatest goal I've seen. Absolutely world class. I mean, it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty good, but it wasn't that good. And and then after that, you know, Henri gets subbed off, um, you know, standing ovation for the bloke. He basically carried the team the whole game. He was brilliant. And then uh, Red Bulls, you know, proceeded to almost shit the bed. Um, Marco De Vallo scored in uh, in added time, and then a few minutes later, he uh, he also hit the post as well. So, uh, you know, Montreal Impact almost came back to level right at the very end. And I remember Henri walking onto the pitch after the final whistle, just having a go at his teammates. Just like I've been off the pitch all the two minutes, you almost completely messed it up. <laughs> um, so it's, it was a really really good game. I I, I remember it not being the you know, it's been a little bit out of the way. Um, I was staying in um, Upper Manhattan, um, so to get there, it was a little bit of a pain. And I mean, it might have been a very different experience for you with, uh, you know, all the Colombian fans, you know, and, and the colour that they bring to games and stuff. But there's not much going on around that stadium, is there? Yeah, no. I mean, it, it's sort of, I mean, I'm remembering back to when we talked to uh, John Tannewald about Philadelphia, and he said, you know, the mm-hmm. goal was to build up the area around it. And I mean, I think the last time I was there, there was a few. There were a few nice, nicer kind of condo buildings around the stadium. But boy, you're not far from Newark and the Newark train station, and there is, you know, a whole lot of sadness in that area. The time I stayed for the Gold Cup um, was I stayed, you know, right near the Newark train station, and essentially walked. And you know, I mean, there were all these. It was a whole lot of. You know, mental illness, homeless people. I saw one homeless man accusing another of being a cop. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's abject poverty, which is just so strange in the first world, especially, you know, when you're a stone's throw from New York City. And, um, yeah, I mean, Newark is, it's rough. And there's the new, um, 
the new hockey arena for the Devils, which I'm sure is another, you know, build us a hockey arena and we'll make the area better. But, yeah, you walk to that area of the, you know, Harrison, where that stadium is a lovely stadium. I'm pretty sure you'll agree with that. But Yeah, it's nice, yeah. But it's just, you know, there's not a lot around there. No, no, and just, a, yeah, as I said, a bit of a pain to get to. Um, and it's, a, and it's, but you kind of understand the difficulty in getting, you know, that little bit of land in New York City because it's so fast, it's so busy. And I mean, look at New York City FC, they've been having these plans to get a stadium for ages. He talks about Queens, Flushing Meadows, all sorts, but they're still playing at Yankee Stadium. And um, I think you visited a new Yankee Stadium, I have as well. Um, the site of New York City FC. Um, playing at that stadium never gets more scandalous for me. Um, it looks ridiculous. The stadium is the the, the ground is so the, the pitch sorry is so narrow. It's like playing down a hospital corridor or something. And like I remember there being one playoff game, maybe a couple of years ago, um, where they still had the foul netting up for a baseball. So like the actual camera <laughs> was watching through the foul netting. And this is an MLS playoff game, and like. I know that New York City FC have got the you know big money back in from the Manchester City owners and stuff like that, but it's an absolute embarrassment that they're still playing at that ground. But you know we can kind of like uh, you know maybe cut New York Red Bulls a little bit more slack over you know seeing how what a difficult time NYCFC have had in having a new ground. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know they actually have their own stadium, and in that part of the world, given how much property cost is. Uh, you know, kudos to them for that. And, 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 you know, maybe, maybe there is an economic revival afoot. You never know. And if there is, and there's population that springs up with, with property being too expensive in the New York city area, and they, they want to move a little bit further out, then, you know, maybe there is a revival at hand and it certainly is convenient to get to New York city from that part of the world. Because I, um, one of the perks that I always love about covering games at night is that you sort of have all day to um to to explore and so you know new york city is is a couple train stops away out of union station in newark and uh you know so that day in the 2017 uh gold cup i i, I just you know i was out in the morning i spent the day in new york which um you know, it's it's an urban nightmare. Well, not an urban nightmare. It's an urban jungle, obviously. But um, and so for someone like me who loves his green spaces, who loves you know getting out into nature, it still is an infectious place to go. And I mean, you know, I mean, you've only been once. I've had a handful of tiny little trips, but um, you know, there's there's a feast for everything: food, uh, you know, feast for the eyes, sounds, taste, all of it. I mean. Um, what was your? Where did you on your little trip? Where did you get to go? And you know what might I have missed? Well, I was talking to the missus about it, and and like it was a while ago now. It's two thousand thirteen. Um, that's when we, you know, you know, still like going out, having a few drinks. So we had a good time there with our friends as well. So I thought the memories would be hazy, but we actually remembered quite a few things. Um, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, you mentioned food there, Gavin. I, the one thing that I remember that I ate, I think, you know, Lindsay mentioned we went to a nice diner. I can't remember, um, but she mentioned the pizza place we went to, which was near Brooklyn Bridge, um, and it was absolutely phenomenal. And I and I got the uh, little man out on Google Maps and had a little walk around, and I found it, and it was a Grimaldi's Pizzeria, and you know, it's brick oven pizza. 
you know, it really felt like an institution, you know, a local institution around there. Um, you know, you could walk Brooklyn Bridge after your daddy pizza and stuff like that. It's like handmade mozzarella, proper dough, like really, really good. I think they have like secret recipes for pretty much everything at this place. And it was you know, a real favourite, apparently, of Frank Sinatra's before he passed away as well. And uh, it was, I'd recommend that wholeheartedly, Grimaldo's. It's, uh, yeah, it's just in Brooklyn, yeah, on on that side of the bridge. And uh, that was amazing. That was a standout meal for me. Um, and just the situation of it as well, because we were like, sat in a window, eating our, you know, pizza, sharing a pizza, and then you just get there and you're right on Brooklyn Bridge. Like, it's... Uh, you know, it's kind of like everywhere in New York, isn't it? Because it's like so many films are filmed there. So many films. Like, you just feel like you're kind of in one or you're like an extra in one because there's so many bits where, you know, you don't really know where you're walking, but there's so many bits that look familiar to yeah. you. It's really weird. Oh, 100%. I mean, well, you, you mentioned Grimaldi's, and it's – I have my own story. I went pretty much right next door to a place called Juliana's, and um, my wife, she used to work in uh, in casting – um, she was a casting assistant, and so they're you know they essentially help cast TVs and movies that were here. One of the shows she helped cast for was a certain show called Suits, who's really only famous now for you know the royalty. Um, anyway, we went to a a the season one wrap party. This was right before Dan went back to school, got a computer science degree, and you know essentially uh, you know became a whole lot more hireable than i will ever be um but you know hey it's uh she's she's employable anywhere in the world which is kind of cool <laughs> anyway um yeah so we went to uh this party and we chatted with a guy named rick hoffman who plays lewis lit if you're a suits fan lewis lit um and just through coincidence i ran into him twice more in a couple of weeks one was when i was stringing for cp and i was covering a leafs game and they were playing the rangers um and he's a rangers fan so i saw him outside the rangers room and i was like hey we were at this rap party we chatted and he you know probably didn't remember me but went oh yeah totally you know and then oddly enough like a week later the seattle mariners were in town diane and i were there my wife diane and you know this time i'm like we've got to stop running into each other and that time you know it was hard for him to forget who i was and he remembered diane of course because he would uh be you know wanting all his friends to get hired so he'd be phoning diane at, at her office all the time anyway chatting with him and i said i'm going to new york city and i've never been and he went here here's my email and so we emailed this guy and he sent us a number of suggestions a couple pizza places and stuff you know sort of locals would go to and one of them was juliana's he's like grimaldi's is nearby you might also want to try juliana's and uh i mean yeah it was outstanding and all the suggestions were you, you know you didn't feel like you were in a touristy kind of place you were with locals and um yeah grimaldi's uh you mentioned that because i remember walking by it and we're like we're going to Juliana's. We're going right next door. But yeah, we did the exact same thing. Walked across the Brooklyn Bridge, um, and that's you know at at heart. You know, I I do love walkable cities, and sort of wherever you go in New York, you can you can walk. And I mean, did you um you know there are all the the touristy locations, the Times Square, all that crap. But you'll probably agree with me. Once you get that out of the way, then you're sort of free to explore your own stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I, I think. Um... We did definitely do some touristy stuff, um, but funnily enough, one of the main touristy stuff, I had my own uh, run-in with a celebrity. Oh, no um, so it was, uh, well, the night before, you know, me and Lindsay were still out, 
Um, you know, we were talking to a barman all night and he was talking about, you know, living in America and how much it costs him to get fixed in the hospital and stuff. And he was like, fantastic. Like he was really, really interesting. And he was buying his drinks, we're buying him a drink and stuff. And then he says, all right, I'm closing up for the night. And we're like, what? And it was five in the morning. And uh, <laughs> so like, honestly, like, it was, uh, yeah, we used to be a lot more interesting than we are before we had a kid, you know, uh, but we, so we jumped on the train. We fell asleep at one point. We had to get woke up by a local because I think he probably got concerned we're going to go into a, a, you know, a rough neighbourhood before we were supposed to get off the train. Um, and so the next day, uh, well, we were with uh, some friends and one of our friends, Anna, she's very uh, meticulous, very organised. And she actually had like a spreadsheet of our agenda for when we were there. <laughs> um, and like it was hour by hour. And like you know, we didn't have to be you no know, go you no know, go to each thing. Like it was kind of optional, but it was basically what her and her fellow Jeff were doing. Um, but we really wanted to go to the American Museum of Natural History. Um, so we got up, I think, early-ish, um, and we joined that. You know, joined them on that one. Um, but you know, we were like pretty hungover. At one point, we were walking around, and like Lindsay's like, I'm so tired, I'm so hungover, can I just sleep on you for half an hour? So I used to just sit on a bench in the middle of the museum, and she just had a nap on me for a bit. Um, but it was when we went um, around the dinosaur bit, which, you know, I was enjoying myself, um, but, you know, Lindsay wasn't really concentrating, she was hurting a bit more than me. And we were just walking around, she's just like, I just saw Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> and, and I was like, you are still drunk. Like, you did not see Leonardo DiCaprio. You are joking. And she said, honestly, honestly. So, like, she said, he's over there. Like, let's go and, like, I'll show you him. So, so we hid behind this pillar in the uh, dinosaur bit. And she said, okay, okay, he's coming now, he's coming now. And we stepped out and it was Leonardo DiCaprio. And, like, he, he, so he was with this, like, um, this blonde lady was like probably about 18? honestly she was tall she was like she was that's, about that's six the average yeah. age of Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriends let's face it she looked she looked quite young <laughs> but she was about six foot two she'd absolutely you know dwarf me and 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 um, he had his baseball cap you know like celebrities do really really low over his face but as I went past him you know as we went past him I I, I was looking at him and he looked back at me because he saw I was probably staring. And he, and he just, like, looked at me, and I just gave him a nod, just as, like, you know, I saw it, you know, I know you are. And he just gave me a nod back, and I think he appreciated the fact that I didn't out him. Um, but I know that, um, you know, when we were, when me and Lindsay were leaving a dinosaur exhibit, maybe, like, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, no, yeah, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, you could tell there's a bit of, like, a, a hubbub about the place, and you, know, you could tell that people had noticed, yeah. but... Um, it, was, it was like you're probably the most famous person I've ever that's, seen. That's that's quite up there. I do actually have my own kind of similar story. We were outside Thirty Rock, Thirty Rockefeller Center, on our first trip down there, and uh, you know I have this recall where I can, you know, I can quickly put a name to a face if you know if it's prominent if I remember it. And we were walking outside Thirty Rockefeller Center, of course, the home of NBC, and Bill Hader's walking the other way. Of course, he was then on SNL. It was his last season on Saturday Night Live. And, uh, yeah, he gave that kind of look where it was just like, please, for the love of God, don't. Because it was, it was a kind of crowded <laughs> sidewalk. But I was just kind of like, you know, I see him. I was just like, hey, Dan, she's walking with him in front of me. And and I, I just sort of went nodded. And I'm like, it's Bill Hader. <laughs> and she's like, what? And he just kept walking. But I was just like, 
I, I didn't sort of call attention to it. I think he kind of appreciated that. And the other kind of thing, you mentioned literally feeling like being in a movie. That same first trip, which was not soccer related, we we saw, you know, a sort of movie being filmed and we're like, is that that's Ben Stiller. And it was they were filming The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, one. yeah. And he's like, you know, and it was, you know, I know the scene when I see it. And um, yeah, and it's, yeah, anyway, it was just kind of cool to see that as it happened. And so, uh, I'm just going to quickly, you know, talk about things that I eat. If outdoors, there's a thing called waffles and dingus, D I N G E S. They're Liege Mm -hmm. waffles, not, uh, anyway, different part of Belgium. Um, and we learned that there was a TV show called, um, uh, God, what was it? It was about food trucks. I can't place it right now. Um, and that was outstanding. Uh, Big Gay Ice Cream, which was another food truck. Um, they now, I think, have some locations also outstanding. But it's just one of those places where, I mean, we mentioned this with Dominica. You, you go a few times. <laughs> now, now you say food trucks, I seem to recall going to one Eat or two Street. food Sorry, trucks as well. Eat Street. Anyway, continue. Eat, like I, I seem to remember counting a couple of trucks um, around the village. Um uh, the, the, the gay village like there's quite a few trucks around there and we were in that area because we went to a piano bar around there and they just like devoted so basically this piano bar it was all the people um who performed in shows and stuff in new york and they like at the end of their shifts they'd always go to this piano bar and just hang out sing show tunes and just take it in turns on the piano and to have, like, it was a real cramps, you know, I think it was like, you know, you go down a few steps to go into a bar, which to me is always a good si- a sign of a good bar if you go down steps rather than up steps. Um, and just the quality of the voices, the enthusiasm behind these songs, like, that was a really, really good night out. That was a really cracking night out. I mean, I had a lot of good nights out there. Yeah. I mean, um, Williamsburg, did, did you go for a few drinks around there? I didn't. I, I, I will share drink stories, but uh, tell me, I know there's the Williamsburg Bridge, but what am I missing uh, over on the, on this, it's on the south uh, east side, I believe. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, it feels like a little bit studenty, definitely. Um, it's got some good record shops there, but more, we were there for the, you know, happy hour, which I think was very generous. It was like two until eight or something like that. Um and it was just a really good atmosphere, good bars. Um, beer was just obscenely cheap. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was so cheap. And it was actually this one bar where you bought one of these insanely cheap beers. And for each beer you bought, you got a free pizza. <laughs> it's like, that works. Obviously, after a couple, you're just like, I don't want another pizza. Like just, just, or just accept it and sneak it to a homeless person outside. You know, It's just like insane but like that was a really really cool neighborhood but like one place i don't know if you ventured to it which um i think is quite renowned um is mcsorley's did you go to mcsorley's i didn't so mcsorley's has been there since i think the 1850s i think it might be the oldest in new york um it's it's going back in time. Um, I had a quick look at the Wikipedia before I came on, and it says that there's like the memorabilia on the walls hasn't been touched since 1910. Um, wow. And you go in there, and like honestly, just like incredible old pictures in there. Um, just it, it is like going back in time. The, the floor is 
covered in sawdust. Um, yes. You can buy a cheese platter which consists of a packet of saltine crackers, uh, a bit of raw onion and a few chunks of cheese. Like it's just so basic and to kind of like underline how wonderfully basic this place is, is, um, well, Anna again, the one who, who does the schedule, I kind of I feel like I'm making her up to be this like nickety pickety person. She's a lovely person, but like she she, she asked the guy when he came to the table like, "Have you got any vodka?" And he's like, "No," and he's like, "Oh, have you got any?" Um, I don't know what she asked for next, like rum. And he's like, "No, no, it's it's only two drinks. It's either dark or light beer, and that's all they serve in there. It's dark or light beer, and they don't even tell you what beer it is. It's like the homebrew or whatever, and yeah. um, and it's amazing. So it's not like." Um, they don't serve it in pints. It almost looks about half a pint. But these guys are walking around because you, you you order like one of each when you're going to order a drink. You don't just get one because they're, like, they're only half pints. And they're walking around carrying five beers in each hand when they're serving on the table. And they just come over, bang it hard on the table and walk off. Like it's just, it is the closest I felt to going back in time like anywhere I've been. Like it's it was amazing. That sounds so cool. I mean, I... Almost so many of Toronto's pubs, I mean, there are a lot of good ones, make no sense, but there are a lot of sort of chain ones with all due respect to like Firkin pubs, but it all feels very sterile. Yeah. New York, it feels a whole lot different. It feels way more authentic. Maybe it's that little bit of grime, but um, it feels like you're in a proper drinking establishment. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, yeah, I don't know why that could be i agree with you toronto pubs like i know the ones to me that feel genuine and that i love but they are few and far between whereas you go to the random boozer in new york and you can have a good time and it actually you know to give the u.s a pat on the back i i that that happens in a lot of places i've been to the u.s i mean if i take chicago as an example which we talked about in this podcast before i mean you can go you can go into any establishment Go to like a, a a burger restaurant, and they all have a massive lineup of craft beers, and I find that's like just the states are just so good at that. Well, whenever whenever Canadians do the you know American beer thing, I just sort of roll my eyes because there are so many just outstanding breweries down there, and it's uh, the, you know people are missing out if they only think you know in the Bud world. Um, I always like to when we. Um, We'll get to Yankee Stadium in a second, but when we when I was down for the uh, 2016 Toronto FC playoff game at, at Yankee Stadium against NYCFC, before that game, a few of us ended up, um, you know, sort of downtown at night, and uh, I I roped both James Sharman and John Molinero into coming to a bar, an Irish bar, and I don't know how to say it because it's Irish, Filey, F-E-I-L-E, and it's right near Penn Station, it's right near Madison Square Gardens, and I chose it because uh, the University of Washington football team was playing that night. Of course, University of Washington, based in Seattle, and this was a Washington Huskies bar. And I had walked by it before, I saw the big UW Husky flag outside, and I'm like, okay, I gotta go there, you know, given my West Coast heritage and we all went in i brought my purple shirt uh because they're i think they're i don't know who the hell they were playing one of the state schools arizona state oregon state one of them and you know it was a sea of purple uh you know 
men, women, everybody at University of Washington shirt on. Um, and, you know, it was like coming home again. And, you know, I've never lived in Washington State, but I've been there enough times and spent enough time there that it's one of those places that feels like home. And, you know, we sat down, we order a beer. I asked the server, I'm like, so does the owner did he go to UW? And they're like, no, he just, he just realized there was a market. And I'm like, okay, works for me. And, you know, a guy comes over and we start chatting. He's like, so are you from Seattle? And I'm like, my mom's from, from the area. She's from a place called Mukilteo. Uh, and we just chatted. And, you know, these are all people who are either from Seattle, grew up watching the Huskies or, or Husky alum. And I'm like, it's one of those places, you know, we're on the other side of the continent and it, and it kind of feels like home. And there is one pub, that I want to go to, um, and I, I'm not sure what the name is, but there was a guy on Jeopardy named Austin Rogers, and he won a whole bunch of games in a row, went into the Tournament of Champions, and I think was runner-up in the Tournament of Champions a number of years ago, and he had he was absolutely hilarious. And he's one of those guys where I'm like, I want to drink with that guy. And then I found out he's a bartender, and like he get, gave up some you know, highly educated career to become a bartender and, and to chat with, you know, he likes chatting with people. And I'm like, this is a guy. So next time I'm there, I, I'm, I'm going to remember this guy's pub's name and I'm going to go drink with Austin Rogers. One of the most awesome things where it's like, he, he came back to the tournament of champions, not long after, um, you know, essentially his long run on Jeopardy. And Alex Trebek is like, so you haven't been gone that long, but uh, have you thought about what you're going to do with your winnings? And he's he was literally, like, going to rent this ultra-reliable Mercedes-Benz from, like, the 80s, and then he <laughs> charted out how he would drive it around the world. Uh, you know, like, go to the Panama Canal, take it over, go to South America, you know, and, and like he literally how he would get this car to all the continents and you just burst out laughing. So um, anyway, that's that's for next time. But uh, yeah, uh. <laughs> that sounds absolutely a bit. He sounds like an absolute hero. And I as a well, thought, he hosts trivia a lot, too. And I'd love to just go and oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Anyway. I love I love a good trivia pub quiz every now and then as well. Yeah, we're both absolute geeks. Uh, Gav, I mean, let's come down to it here. Um, but yeah, I also love a bloke who, uh, you know, as a former bartender myself, I, I you know, I love somebody who embraces that. You know, I miss it myself. It's a it's a it's a great job. It, I've I've had that thought of actually being like, let's do something different and let's start let's start a pub. But maybe you know maybe once I make my fortune in the world of I got nothing winning the lottery maybe yeah because you, you won't make it by working in a media. Me and you both know that so <sighs> <sighs> yeah especially not in this city but no. you know what are you gonna do um. Of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Central Park. Um, we're recording this in May as a birder. This is Central Park is an absolute mecca uh, of migratory birds moving through, mostly because it's surrounded by concrete. But um, it's it's a buzz with with people with binoculars looking up who are nerds. Um, so Central Park's another definite hit spot. And as a random aside. Um, uh, that I told you about. Um, I told you about my day trip into uh, New York City the day of that 2017 Cold Cup game. Mm -hmm. um, I I followed. There are two places I want to go to 
uh, well, there's one I want to go to, one I've been to. One is a place called B&H, which is an audio video store, um, which is um, outstanding, uh, has this great reputation. I just want to look at their gear and sort of melt. But every time I've walked by, um, it's been closed for some random Jewish holiday. The other thing I mentioned Bourdain is the very first episode of maybe my favorite show called The Layover, where it's like 36 hours. Here's what you do. Here's what you see. Here's you know where you go. And his first episode was his hometown, New York City. And he went to a place called Chef Restaurant Supplies. And as someone who lives in the kitchen... Um, incredibly cheap kitchen supplies it's you know four restaurants essentially um but when he went this one episode he you know he got like a fry pan that's reliable as hell and he got some other things for really cheap so when i went there this is new york city on a you know i'm covering soccer i came out of there with a frying pan which i still have and still use just about on a daily basis um a bread mold and i make bake a ton of bread and then i got some other things and i'm like and i carried that around for the entire gold cup in my bag (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah if you're anything like me you absolutely love a bargain as well Exactly. That too, especially as someone who works in media. Uh, what else have I missed? Where, 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 I know you, again, you said you had a brief trip, but what's, uh, what's something you, uh, you missed? Well, we should probably, it'd be wrong of us to not mention the New York Yankees, wouldn't it? I mean, I prefer the Mets, yeah. but I, mean, I think we've both been to the New Yankee Stadium, haven't we? Well, that's it. I haven't been to the Mets game yet, so or a Mets game. I have been to the Yankees. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. New Yankee Stadium. I'll get there for soccer. You went there for baseball, obviously. Yeah, um, I don't remember much. I mean, this is like, <laughs> I feel like I've done all right to kind of recall most of the stuff. I don't remember much yet. The only thing I remember is we are sat there. I was obviously getting burnt because I'm almost ginger. Um, and I remember looking over and seeing this lady going to sit down and she had quite a, you know, it looked like quite an expensive handbag, but it had a massive sticker on it, like a really tacky sticker. And it said, guns save lives. And I remember being absolutely appalled and also being so surprised that, you know, because before this, I think it was like a couple of days after you know, me and Lindsay were in that bar until five in the morning talking to this very, you know, liberal bartender and stuff. And, you know, everyone else who were local seemed really liberal in New York. Um, so it seemed, it, it shocked me that, that somebody would have that sticker on their bag going to the New York Yankees game. And sadly, I mean, I'm sure a lot of Yankees fans would be upset about this, but... That's the main takeaway I get from watching that game. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, we actually, I did see some baseball. I actually, as luck would have it, my first trip with with my wife. What year was that? Twenty twelve, maybe. We actually stayed in Harlem in an Airbnb, and it was luck would have it. The Mariners back ended into a Jays series. So when we were there, we went to see a Mariners game. When the Mariners were in town, they lost. We didn't go back the next night, and the Mariners won and hit a grand slam and all kinds of stuff. And I remember being kind of pissed off. And then we went to see the uh, the Jays, who, who you know my my wife's a fan of the Jays, and you know we saw them play, and it was a good couple nights. And and one thing I do remember is. You know, for all the, 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 the edge that New Yorkers have is how absolutely polite they were. There was one guy who was coming out of his out of our row and we were on the end and he goes, oh, excuse me, pardon me, I just have to get through there. And I'm like, absolutely not at all. You know, it was just just incredibly friendly instead of just, you know, as we kind of sort of say up here, sorry, where it's like, no, you don't have to apologize. You're just trying to get to your seat. Excuse me is the proper term. But anyway, um, 
now I will talk about it for soccer, which of course this is what we are about. I covered it. Uh, I was down there. Uh, I don't think I made any money on this trip. It was mostly just for the experience. Um, covering the uh, Toronto NYCFC playoff game for the 2016 uh, MLS Cup playoffs. And uh, that was the same trip we went to the Irish bar with uh, Charmin and Molinero. Uh, oh, yeah, the other thing about that Irish bar is that people walked around and they're like, would you like a shot? And we're like, okay. It was some creation that they had made, but they had this tray full of shots. And it's just like, I think they came around a few times, but they were like, sure. They were giving <laughs> them away. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so for for that, the one thing I'll always remember, yes, Toronto advanced. Yes, Yankee Stadium for soccer is a mess, but... <laughs> we had access to I I don't, this must have been like the Yankees press box meal and sweet Jesus the press box meal for that game I had never eaten so well in my life they had you know salad bar hot dogs burgers everything you want they had all kinds and then they had like ice cream you could get everything was in operation and my plate was stacked and i have this issue with when there's free food i pile everything that i want which is often leading to unhealthy situations but um i mean it was one of those moments where you know journalists cry when you know they don't have to uh i'm sure for baseball they charge the press to access that you know the press box media lounge or whatever um but yeah for soccer <laughs> we didn't pay a dime and it was outstanding no no I, i'm the same with you and when it's all you can eat for me it's as much as you can eat you gotta make the most of that you know as we say you know you're media scrimping along we gotta make the most of that kind of food and it certainly sounds uh yeah in a different dimension from the chicken fingers at toronto fc so there we go uh, the chicken fingers yeah uh, or the the basic pasta they served at other times, or sandwiches, or whatever. But uh, yeah, it was just another world. Um, was there anything you since that you know now we've covered our two stadiums? I mean, I literally don't remember much for baseball or for soccer. I mean, it's it's a fine little stadium or not little stadium. Uh, it's almost a replica of the old one. But again, I think this comes back to our Wembley Stadium discussion, where I think they kind of treat them as the same stadium, even though technically the footprint are side by side, as opposed to on the same place. But um, yeah, I do remember one thing about Yankee games though is that you could buy fruit. At one stand, we bought ourselves an apple, and we ate healthy. Oh, that's really nice. I didn't know they could do that. Obviously, I went there and was extremely unhealthy. So, yeah, I yeah. Anyway, that's the one thing I do remember. But uh, have you ever thought about? I assume you, you you do plan to visit again at some point, even though if it's not a priority city. Yeah, yeah, definitely because it's um, well, because I really enjoyed myself. I mean, I think it says a lot that you know I was probably quite tanked a lot of the time I was there but I can remember so much of it so like I think that's a really good sign and it was a long time ago now 2013 and it's one of those places where I feel like to really you know you can go to some cities and after four days you kind of feel like you get a decent grasp of it I feel like you have to live in New York for like a year to New York yeah. City for a year to kind of like you know really understand it so you know because you know because of different boroughs and all this kind of stuff so yeah I would definitely like to go back again um you know take the kids and whatever or go on a work trip you know i've done a work trip there so yeah i would yeah. certainly like to go back there yeah 
I always think about, like, I, I keep thinking, all these things keep popping in my head where it's like, the Highline, cool thing, did it when, uh, you know, the Canada Soccer, when we played Columbia, we were staying on the New Jersey side, but like a stone's throw from the ferry, and I hopped over when I had some time, walked around, uh, and then I did the Highline, that was a cool site. Uh, you know, of course, New York Pizza, the hot dogs, the, the papaya, whichever one is the authentic one, I can't remember which, but uh, good hot dogs, cheap hot dogs, and there are cheap food options but uh yeah it's one of those places where we could probably kill a whole lot more time <laughs> it's a good point actually because like most big cities you go to are really pricey because they know that the tourists are going to visit here but like uh new york you can find a good bargain like in and, and like not just in you know the different boroughs you can find a good bargain in manhattan as well if you shop yeah, around if like, you know if you know where to go there are a lot of places that know you know where the tourists go yeah and take advantage of that but you can definitely find a good bargain for sure yeah oh for sure anyway uh i feel like we could have a part two of this one day i know maybe i always say this but maybe new york is like a, a more cost effective you know, place that we can actually visit and then do a a return leg on this one for sure. I'd love to go and watch the Mets. I'd really like yes, to go and watch the me Mets. me too. I mean, apparently the area outside it is a little dodgy, but uh, yeah, that new stadium looks to be uh, something else in, in Queens. But yeah, I, uh, and plus I always like the National League better anyway as someone who, who grew up around the Montreal Expos. I miss the National League, although pitchers don't bat anymore because of the new rules, but that's a whole other podcast series. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I think we summed up New York City. You no, know, for 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 you who you know you've had fleeting visits. I've been once. I think we did okay. I think so too, and we've covered some pretty good bases. Yeah, my visits have always been sort of spotty, and I, apart from one trip where we were there for a few days, it's been, uh, you know, let's cram as much as I can in in seven hours or whatever. So yeah, we've done okay, and uh, yeah, we'll I we'll we'll see if we can record another episode anytime soon. But oh yeah. This was number 20. Oh, very nice. A landmark. It is. We've survived this long, and we do have our little niche, our, our, our loyal listeners, and who we love and appreciate and always enjoy hearing from. But, uh, Dan, uh, I, I'm really wanting to travel again after this one. Hey, we're getting closer. We are. I think technically I could get vaccinated at some point because I still work in a, in a hot spot. And I can't work from home. So we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. All right. That's another episode. Dan, he's Dan Rouse. I'm Gavin Day. Newspapers on seats. Episode number 20 in the books. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.